time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. It's Monday, March 2nd, 2020. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Today, we're broadcasting live from the Lenders One Winter Conference here in Miami, Florida. It's beautiful here, and I wish you were here with us. And we've got in the Hot Topics segment, Brian Simon joining us. He's the president of Lenders One. We're going to be talking about current trends in the mortgage industry and what's going on here at the conference and about the lineup of speakers here. I wish you could be here, but at least you're going to get some insights and hopefully you can make another one of the upcoming Lender One conferences. Great association and we're pleased to be a part of it. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast for the Hot Topic segment. I'd like to say a big thank you to our friends at the Industry Syndicate. We're proud to be associated and affiliated with the Industry Syndicate. It's a syndicate of industry podcasts. Go check it out at industrysyndicate.com. And we're grateful for our affiliation. You can check out our podcast there as well as all the others. Check it out at industrysyndicate.com. If you did not hear last week's podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We talked about the third annual Risk and Compliance Summit. It's going to be held in Chicago, Illinois, April 5th through the 7th of this year. It's at the JW Marriott there. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. It's a great conference, and I'm encouraging everyone to attend it. And there's also a webinar coming up that Amy Moses, our good friend from MERS Corp Holdings has told us about. Also, they're owned by Intercontinental Exchange. We're looking forward to having Chris McAtee on next week on the podcast, so stay tuned. But anyway, Amy sent over the notice to let everyone know that they're going to be doing a webinar. It is on March 25th at 2 p.m. This webinar is designed for attorneys and risk management professionals. It will explain how e-commerce laws created a legal validity on a national level for e-notes. You're going to want to check it out. You can check out everything on the website or get a hold of Amy Moses, amy.moses at theice.com. Check our show notes as we'll have it all in there. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We've got Empower. Tricia Megliazzo, my dear friend, is going to be putting on an Empower event here. Also, Pete Mills will be here speaking. If you're not a member of the ABA, you need to become a member. But also, make sure you become a member of MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance. And you do not have to be a member of MBA to have your voice heard through the Mortgage Action Alliance app. So check that out at the MBA website. Also, talk to Dan Putney of Finastra. they got some exciting new things. Just attended a webinar that they did this past week. Really interesting about what they're doing with data. Now, it's the data that you already have inside of the Finastra system. Now, it will work with other systems. So you need to get a hold of Dan Putney and their friends at Finastra about their FusionBot mortgage solution. But more importantly, or as equally importantly, I guess, is their new data intelligence that they have and how you can manage data within your systems. You do not have to be using the MortgageBot solution for that. Also, 
want to say thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We're here at the Lenders One event. It's a winter conference. Both these collaboratives do a great job of helping mortgage lenders get close to vendors and also collaborate together to create competitive advantages. Also, the CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, we've got Michael Jones coming on the program in March to tell us more about CMLA and all that he's doing for small to mid-sized lenders. Also, Indicom, so excited to have them as a sponsor. Check out their website, our website, the Lick It On Lending website, to learn more about all of our sponsors. Also, I want to say thank you to our newest sponsor, Incelerate, who is revolutionizing how lenders interact, communicate, and engage borrowers before, during, and after funding to deliver better borrower experience. Also, Ainsworth Advisors, you're looking for a board of advisors, get a hold of AinsworthAdvisors.com, check it out. Also, AI Assist helps you in the marketing of your message through artificial intelligence. It's a brilliant solution. Check it out, as well as Celebrity Home Loans. I'm going to be meeting up with Pete Gabrione here. We're going to have him back as a guest. We're thrilled to have the relationship we do with Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Midwest Equities Mortgage. It's all one under the Celebrity Home Loan brand. Knowledge Coop, appreciate those guys for their training technology as well as Mobility RE and another new sponsor, Modex. Both of these companies provide you intelligence in recruiting as well as many other features. Go to our website and check them out. And then, of course, Velma. We appreciate our friends at Velma helping get out your marketing message as well as VendorSurf. Looking for a new solution for a vendor? Boy, you've got to have to check out VendorSurf.com as well as Vidyard, very effective way of communicating via video. And finally, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, Andy, and Joe for their contributions each week. Without further ado, let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD proposed updates to FHA claims without conveyance of title program. The proposed changes would expand program eligibility, maximize FHA's recoveries on assets, and improve accuracy on the bid process. FHA will be accepting comments on the proposed changes through March 9th, 2020. Also last week, FHFA published a request for input initiating a review of its regulations governing FHLB membership. MBA has long advocated that FHLB membership eligibility should be responsibly expanded to include mortgage REITs and IMBs. Such changes would promote the mission of the FHLBs by enhancing liquidity and stability in the mortgage markets without adversely impacting the safety and soundness of the FHLBs. Comments on the RFI are due by June 23rd, 2020. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. Great information as always. Appreciate you taking the time to provide this for us. And looking forward to seeing your compadres here at the conference, Pete Mills and Trisha Migliazzo. I think we have some other MBA members running around here at the L1 conference. Les Parker is here with the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? You see, we've been through the virus on a horse with no name. It felt good to see quarantine reign. With the virus, they can't remember their name because there ain't no one for to give them vaccine. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Ainsworth Advisors. The world rode the just-in-time delivery horse to great fortunes. Now, companies that depend on it are sick and tired of waiting for a few parts. They scramble for alternative vendors for labor and materials. 
The market continues to assess the future of the interconnected business world with bad flu or a pandemic. Researchers across the globe race to develop the right vaccine for bad times. But will it be in time? Will there be anyone there to give us vaccines? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Thank you, Les. Appreciate you and your effort that goes into this segment each and every week. He and Gary Cantorbone work together to turn out what I think is just a first-class segment. Appreciate that. Check out Les's free subscription to his TM Spotlight newsletter. You can do it at tmspotlight.com. Joe Farr, good to have you here with us. What's going on with the markets? Hey, David. I'm calling in on Friday afternoon late. Wanted to call in because this week has been quite a... An odd week, uh, as everyone knows. Uh, fear and uncertainty are, uncertainty are driving the market, and you know it's been a terrible week for stocks. Nice thing from this could be reduced interest rates. Uh, just to give you a perspective, the 10-year yield fell this week by 34 basis points, down to 1.13 percent, which is well probably read as an all-time low. Mortgage rates have fallen about half that much. Just price on a mortgage-backed security rose about a half, uh, 1%, and in some cases a little more than that, depending on how much premium resistance there was. So, you know, when you look at it, lower rates are good for the market, right? Well, yes, they generally are in the long run, but uh, when you look at it on a, like this week, it may not be so good for the mortgage market when you think about how far rates have fallen and how fast they've fallen. Think about the ramifications. you got borrowers that uh, maybe have only been locked in for a few days. They're going to be calling asking for a reprice. The secondary guys out there are going to have a hard time filling forward sales commitments. They're going to have to pair those off with likely incurring losses. Think about time spent on processing loans that maybe has been wasted time because the borrower's gone elsewhere to get a better deal. And then the big thing, valuation of mortgage servicing rights, they're going to be marked on February 29th if you do it on a monthly basis. And there's going to be a write-down, most likely, which could you know, move over into other areas like warehouse loan agreements uh, may be affected negatively. So, you know, th- these are just a few of the complications that come from a market like this. And when the reversal happens, we're likely to see just as many headaches. So brace yourself for a lot of unusual things to have to do in the mortgage market over the next few weeks. Yeah, I've been particularly surprised by how quickly the market has changed its expectations for a Fed fund rate cut. This afternoon, Fed Chairman Powell said the U.S. economy remains strong, the coronavirus poses risk to the economy. He said the Fed will act as appropriate to support economic activity. Now, none of this is really different than what he has said before, but this time he said it at the end of a week, a very bad week for stocks. The markets reacted to it, not so much in the stock market, although the losses earlier today were cut by about half after his comments. And then when you look at the the CME FedWatch tool today, it says the market says there's a 91 likely 91% likelihood of a 50 basis point Fed fund rate hike at its next meeting. That's going to be on March 18th. Yesterday, that same measure was zero. There was no chance, no expectation for a 50 basis point cut. There was one for a 25, about a 50% chance for a 25 basis point cut. But just in a day, we've seen that big a movement in the market expectations for 
the Fed to step in and help the stock market and uh, lower mortgage rates, lower rates, Fed fund rates, and, and potentially mortgage rates along with that. Well, not that it mattered much, but this week's economic data that came out indicated that contracts signed in January to purchase new and existing homes were very good, better than expected. It showed that inflation in January was lower than expected. The February data that came out this week indicated that consumer confidence and consumer sentiment remain high, all of which were very good economic reports. Next week, we'll see several important indicators of, you know, potentially will show if the coronavirus is beginning to affect the U.S. economy. The things that come out are February data. The ISM or the Institute of Supply Management will release data for February for its manufacturing and services activities data. And then in addition, the February employment data will, will be released on Friday. So again, you know, fear and uncertainty are what's going to drive the market in the days and weeks ahead most likely. And so can't give any way to anticipate when or how much and in what direction, but it certainly requires a lot of diligence and, and staying tuned to the market. So that's it, Dave. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it very much. Alan Pollack, good to have you here, my friend. What do you have for this week's tech update? Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Good to be here today. I hope you're having fun at Lenders One. I know you always get excited for those conferences, so hope it is very productive for you. Anyways, a couple great things going on. Uh, today's less of a tip or a couple words on some good things about technology, but more about some interesting things I found in the news. So to get started, the first one is a company we've talked about in the past. Their name is Regora. Uh, they recently raised $10 million in their Series A funding. If you don't know Regora, they're an appraisal technology company. They have really, uh, in a way, disrupted and changed how we think about appraisals today. Um, and this money, this last round, as their quote says, um, is a testament to both the rapid growth and the strength of their software. Uh, they want to continue to modernize and scale their platform. Uh, they want to add engineering, sales, operations, and more importantly, in order to expand, they need partnerships so I'm guessing they're going to really use a good part, portion of this for some of those partnerships. Uh, this most recent round of funding, by the way, for Regora brings them to about $15 million in total funding. So if you don't use Regora, you want to check them out. They've got really cool technology. Uh, head over to Google and search for them. All right, the next one. This is great. Uh, you know, we think of how to compete with the rise of new fintechs, right? It's not just financial institutions, but it is even more. And so anyways, you know, we always think about as a financial institution how to better engage with our existing customers, how not to how to let them know that we have the technology and we're here for them in order for them to think of us or look at us first as their partner for their mortgage or their real estate financing. And so this is a, um, a, a the, house, the company's House Canary. We've heard of them. They have partnered is called Come Home. And uh, the title of this article is they drive engagement, retention and conversion of loan customers. And what's really cool is it's a it's a digital experience, as we would expect, but it's bridging real estate and financing together. They typically partner with your point of sale, also with your loan origination system. And what they do is they know that your customers think in terms of homes and not products. And so they capitalize on that customer relationship. They can mine your entire database and they engage with your customers, your members, etc. Here's some examples of what I saw that they do. They pre-approve customers and confirm loans in moments by pre-underwriting properties. 
Um, they can help you understand any risk and certification of that um, of the valuation that they provide. Uh, they also are there for your customers and their house hunting process or their existing home, and they'll continue to provide event-driven information, valuations, emails. They will continue to provide that customer or engage that customer into information about that property and your brand. And then finally, they call it empowerment for your customers. They leverage your existing banking and credit relationships to educate customers about the buying power they may have. And you can customize and modify that. I mentioned them today not because they have anything new in the news, but because as we continue to look at all this digital mortgage technology or fintech technology, we need to find ways outside of just the point of sale or outside of just CRM or marketing but ways that we truly can better enhance that customer relationship. And so as a financial institution, empowering your customers with information that they're looking for and treating them as a partner in the process rather than a mortgage loan in the process, this is something that really could change the game for you. So you want to check it out, House Canary, um, and it's called Come Home. David, also I wanted to mention Simple Nexus. You know, we talked about them for probably over two years now in our podcast they have just recently added new capabilities. They just had their, their user conference called Snug, um, and they just added on-the-go pricing and locking with Optimal Blue, Erla Readiness for the new 1003, and brand new in-app reviews of DU Findings. They're turning out to be a really solid technology platform. I followed them for some time. Um, if you want to check out any of the news on their user conference and these new findings, uh, go ahead and check them out. I wanted to bring up an article next. This is uh, from a friend of everybody in the industry, uh, Julia Hebron. Um, as we know, Julian, he writes for Housing Wire. He also has his own blog, The Basis Point, and he's at our digital mortgage conference as one of our judges. Uh, he talks about the Credit Karma acquisition that just occurred this week by Intuit. It was $7.1 billion. And the best part about it is some of the stats. I just want to go through some of these. Uh, the first one is Credit Karma has grown and, he, and Julian has outlined all this stuff in his article. Uh, Credit Karma has grown to 106 million consumers since 2008. In addition, they monitor all kinds of info, including taxes and credit report details. And this is how many people have their credit report data connected. And an increasing amount of those people, those 106 million people, are doing their taxes there. And of the 106 million members... 37 million log in more than four times a month. Now, I'll be honest, I also use Credit Karma. I've used it from for years now, and it has it has expanded, matured, and grown, and it is very informative. I actually also pay for a credit monitoring system, and I get the same data on both. You, the credit score is different because it's more of a vantage score, but the point is, is that you can see alerts on your credit report. You get great guides and sort of leads to different financial products that you need. And that's exactly, you know, why this is going to become a powerhouse, not only match with the data from Intuit, but they provide exclusive leads. So if you were to partner with Credit Karma, you're not going to get a lead that's sent to many lenders. You're going to get a matched exclusive lead. They also have enough data to fill in an entire 1003. And so for consumers, it's another option. It's a different kind of vehicle to get connected with a financial product. For lenders, you can get an exclusive, almost complete, as Julian says it, an almost complete loan app uh, that's ready to transact. So you want to check out um, 
those guys over at Credit Karma as well. And then the last thing I want to leave us with is it's called white glove service component. When we think of technology as a company called Optify Now, they're a cloud-based CRM and marketing automation tool. And their announcement that I found online is that they have a white glove service component. It's not about technology. It's about helping to implement the technology. And what they have done, they, they've worked, this, this article is basically mentioned they've worked with SunWest Mortgage Company and they've helped them launch all of their different lending channels. Every channel is different. Every lender or financial institution is different. And this white glove service is really a way for them to help you be successful with the technology. It's not a new concept, folks. It's really just about knowing that as a technology provider, our technology is not a one size fits all. And when I say our, I mean our as a vendor trying to sell to the masses or sell to you as lenders. So, um, you definitely want to check that out. For the other vendors out there, many of us already have, and I say, I say us very loosely, have some type of, we configure, we help support, we help maintain. It's just that they've branded it and the fact that it's out there. With that, David, I hope you have a good time at Lenders One, and I'll talk to everybody next week. Good segment, Alan, as always. If you want to get a hold of Alan, get a hold of Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor, is here with us. What do you got, friend? Appreciate you. Hello, Licking on Lending. This is Dr. Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor, here to speak to the Licking on Lending audience about how to fix an ailing bottom line. So to begin, let me mention a free service that is available to MBA members, those that are members of the Mortgage Bankers Association, in two weeks. I will be starting my five-week mortgage accounting webinar series. Now, this webinar covers everything from the cash flow cycle of a mortgage company to how a mortgage accounting works. It covers how hedging works and how to understand the reports from the hedge advisor and then ends with a discussion about advanced accounting, hedging, and the IRLC fair value measurement along with cash flow forecasting. So the best part about this five point, this five uh, week webinar is that it's free to MBA members. So go to the MBA.org, go to education, look up accounting webinars and there you can sign up. And this is a program that the MBA is sponsoring to help its members improve profitability. Now, back to the Profit Doctor. For today, I'm going to talk about an overview of the income statement. Now, we all get the income statement. That's the P&L, the Profit and Loss Statement. And on this report, we look at how much money did we make? What was the bottom line? But there's so much more that we can learn from this report. So it has four key components. It has revenue, so that's the money that you make. It has direct costs or cost of goods sold is what accounting calls it. But basically, it's just your direct costs like commissions and other direct costs associated with generating a loan. So you have revenue, direct costs. If you take revenue less direct costs, that's called gross margin. Now, gross margin is important because that shows you how much money you have left to pay for all of your non-direct expenses, things like rent and marketing for the home office, things like that. So you take gross margin less the non-direct expenses, and that's profit. So it's those, those are the components 
of the income statement, but there's there's much, much more that we can learn from the income statement when we apply it based on mortgage volume of loans closed. So by understanding the relationship to volume and the components of the income statement, we can learn all kinds of really important and interesting things. So for example, let, let's let's assume that if we take revenue divided by volume, the answer is 3.6%. That basically tells us what our product market is. This is probably a smaller sized loan amount with FHA production in Texas with a 3.6% uh, gross revenue on volume. So then let's say that we did the math and our direct expenses are 2.4%. That's commissions, it's processing expense, it's underwriters, it's all the other costs associated with making the loan. Well, now, knowing these percentages with 3.6% of revenue on volume and cost of sales or cost of goods sold or direct cost of 2.4%, just subtract it. 3.6 minus 2.4 is 1.2%. That's our gross margin percent. Now, that's a key number. This gross margin is the amount of money we have to cover all of our other operating expenses. And we normally see this number from 1% to 1.4%. So a 1.2% is about the right answer. So again, now we've got revenue loss, cost of sales, equal gross margin, funds available to cover operating expenses. And the relationship among this and volume is really important. So let's look at this one more time and see what else we can understand. So for, uh, for starters, let's say if we have a gross margin of, say, $200,000, that's, that's how much money we have left to cover all of our expenses. If we divide that by our gross margin percent of 1.2%, that actually tells us our break-even in volume of $16 million. So then we can say, well, given our break-even volume, we can then multiply that times the gross margin percent, and that'll tell us our expected profit. What's really even more cool about this is we can take an estimated production target less our break-even volume, and that'll tell us our excess volume. We multiply that by our gross margin percent, and that gives us our estimated profit at any level of production. You know, it gets complicated. It's hard to just describe it with words like this, but there's tons of benefit from understanding the P&L and how it all fits together. So the income statement's important. It speaks volumes. Give me a call. We can talk about this. Or you can contact me at andy at mbs-team.com. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to everybody next week. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. That ends this week's update. If you listen to it on a downloaded basis, check out the next episode because it will be the Hot Topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. This podcast is possible because of the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, which is the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, KnowledgeCube, Mobility RE, and Modex, and Velma, as well as VendorSurf and Vidyard. And be sure to go to the website, look it on lending, and check out a write-up at each one of these vendors. I encourage you to do so. These are carefully selected sponsors, and we're proud to have them, and they can bring some serious value to you and your company. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. 
Join us next week, and thanks for listening.